All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Just one little verse today. For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for, for these few words that we're looking at today, and I just thank you for them. I pray, God, that you just would uh, speak, speak to us today through your words. I pray that you would help us not to have a spirit of fear, dear Lord. That doesn't come from you, God, but uh, we, we know that the enemy tries to get us afraid of circumstances and situations we may face. So, God, I pray that we would take these instructions to Timothy and that we would take them to our own heart, dear Lord, and that we would trust in you uh, and, and, and put, our, put our faith in you, dear Lord, no matter what we may be going through. I pray that you hide me behind the cross. Just help me to preach and teach in a way that's going to bring glory to you this morning. I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, Paul is writing these instructions to Timothy as Timothy, a young preacher, is about to start into the ministry. But Paul realized the difficulties that come along with being a servant of Jesus Christ. Many of you in this room, if not all of you, understand the difficulties that come along with being a servant of Christ. It's not easy, and the Bible never tells us it will be easy. And Paul knew that it would not be easy. Paul was often imprisoned. He was often beaten. He was often uh, going without food. He was often in the most difficult of circumstances. And here Paul is giving instructions to young Timothy, one that he had taught, one that he had helped and mentored and was preparing to do the Lord's work. And part of the instructions that he reminded uh, Timothy of is that the Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Now, we've probably all experienced fear at some point in time in our life. We've all experienced uh, fear. Uh, fear is, is a difficult thing. Fear can do a lot of things to us. It can get our minds going a million miles an hour. Uh, fear can be a little disorienting to us. It can, it can keep us from uh, knowing what way to turn, what to do. We just kind of are all out of whack. We're not sure what to think, what to do. Uh, fear can have many different effects on us. It can, it can keep us from doing something maybe that we need to do, or it can also keep us from doing something that we shouldn't do. Now, uh, we watched a video earlier of David Eubank. We, most of you are aware of the work that they do. Uh, a few weeks ago, I read a, a story of an encounter that David and his family had. And when I read the story, I was thinking, wow, how much faith did they have to do what they did? It was a situation in which you and I may have had a lot of fear. The situation was this. Uh, David Eubank and his family, they were, uh, they were uh, helping the Kurds. They were alongside the Kurds, and the Kurds said, Hey, the Syrians, uh, that's the enemy of the Kurds, they have, a, they have an outpost down here. You want to see where it's at? So David Eubank said, Sure, I'd like to see where it's at. So they go to a spot where they can uh, look at the enemy, and they're looking through binoculars, and they see the enemy outpost. They see the Syrian soldiers there. And David Eubank asked the Kurds that they were with, he said, can we get a little closer? And so David Eubank and the, his family and the translator and the ones that were with them loaded up into their vehicle and closer they got. David Eubank drove the vehicle right to the enemy outpost. He got out and walked up to the Syrian soldiers and he stuck his hand out and he told them he was there to be their friend. 
He told them he was there because God loved them. And they didn't want to be enemies. They wanted to be friends. He said the look on the Syrians' faces, they were confused. They didn't know what to think. What is going on here? Here's an American man coming up to our outpost. He's coming with the Kurds. Don't they know that we're enemies? And here comes David Eubank with all the boldness and all the faith in the world walking right up to enemy lines. He said the Syrian soldiers weren't sure what to think. They were hesitant to shake his hand. They were hesitant to interact. And David began to speak to them through the help of a translator. And he began to tell them, look, we're not here to fight. We're here to help stop the fighting. We're here to help those who are in need. We're here to be your friends. We're here to help you if you are in need. He said eventually the, the commanding officer uh, came out with the same response, the same reaction on his face. There was a sense of confusion there. What's going on here? He said he began to tell the same story to the commanding officer there. He said before he left, he asked the, the, the soldiers there, the enemy soldiers, if he could pray with them. And they said, sure. You can pray with us. So he said he felt led to get on his knees, and he got on his knees and he prayed for those people. He prayed for those Syrian soldiers. He prayed for his enemies. And afterwards, he hugged every single one of them, he said. And they got back in their car, and they drove back to their outpost. And I, when I read that story, I said, wow, that is unbelievable. Do you know how much fear that I would have if somebody said, you've got to go down and you've got to interact with the enemy? They could have just as, as well shot him and his family as they could have shook their hand. But he didn't give in to the fear of what may happen. He was on mission for the Lord. He was doing God's work. God had sent him to love on those people, to take care of those peoples. And that's what love really is. Jesus says, what benefit is it if you love those who do good to you, but love those who hurt you, mistreat you? love those who are your enemy. That's a good gauge how we can know if our love is where it should be. Are we willing to lay down our life for those that we love? That's something for us to think about. If we really want to measure how much we love people, we need to measure, are we willing to lay down our life for them? Now, I would be willing to lay down my life probably for anybody in this room. I would definitely lay down my life for my wife. I would lay down my life for my friends, but what about those people that mistreat us? What about those people who do us wrong? Are we willing to lay down our life for them? What about those people we don't even know? We're in a situation where someone comes in and lives are in danger. Are we willing to step forward and lay down our life for those who maybe we've never even met? Now, I think as we grow as Christians and mature as Christians, God helps to... to, to to, to bring that kind of love into our life. It's probably something that most of us don't possess right off the bat. It's probably not something that most of us are raring to say, I want to uh, lay down my life for those who hate me. But if we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, then we want to follow his very example. And we want to pray that God would give us that much faith in him. That if we are on mission for him, that if we are doing his work, that we genuinely love people that we love people to the point that we are willing to give our life for them. And that's the measure of love that the Bible calls us to as Christians. But oftentimes we encounter situations just as Paul encountered, just as Timothy was going to encounter as he began his ministry, which are scary for us. I mean, we, we, we are just honest. It's not always easy doing the Lord's work. 
For example, here in just a few days, we are going to be walking the streets of New Orleans. We're going to be encountering people we've never met before in our life, some of which are going to be receptive to us, some of which are not going to be receptive of us, some of which are going to be nice and friendly and clean, some of which are going to be dirty and stinky. That's just the reality of doing the Lord's work. We get our hands dirty sometimes. Uh, some of which uh, may want to listen to us talk, some of which may want to harm us. Now these are part of the realities of serving the Lord. And when we think of these things that we encounter in our life or that we may encounter, there, there can be a spirit of fear that comes on us. But that doesn't come from the Lord because the Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fearfulness, but of power and of love and of a sound mind or of sound judgment. And so as we go into the world and we try to be on mission for the Lord, we need to pray that God would help us to have greater faith than we have fear. Because when we look at the situations that God calls us to, oftentimes if there is fear there, it can kind of get us disoriented, as I mentioned sooner. We're not sure what to do, what to expect, how to react. Sometimes fear can keep us from even uh, getting involved in a situation at all. <clears throat> but as Christians who are on mission for the Lord, we don't want that fear to be what drives us. We don't want that fear to be what determines what we do. We need to be reminded that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. I saw a video uh, a few months back uh, they were conducting a survey. Are elephants really afraid of mice? Now elephants weigh thousands of pounds. I don't know how much elephants weigh. They are huge. And so what they did was they got like a little fake rock or something, and they had a mouse under there, and they had a little string tied to it. And when the elephant would walk by, they would pull that fake rock over, and when the mouse ran out, they would see what the response of the elephant would be. And lo and behold, when the elephant saw the mouse, they would stumble and they would turn and they would run the other way because of a mouse. Now it seems silly for an elephant to be afraid of a tiny little mouse. But yet, that's exactly what happens. Now, sometimes we are afraid of situations that we encounter in our life. But when we think about it as Christians, and when we think about the fact that God is with us, we need to remember that He who is in us is greater than He who is in the world. When we are afraid of the situations that we may encounter, sometimes it's like the elephant being afraid of the mouse. God who is within us is greater than whatever situation we may encounter. Now fear is sometimes a bad thing because it may keep us from doing what we need to do. But sometimes fear is a good thing. We see in the scripture that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And sometimes fear is needed. Sometimes fear can keep us from doing what is wrong. I remember once when I was a kid, we had went down to the river. We had went down to somebody's camp, and to keep the riverbank from washing away, they had taken old cars, and they had stood them on their, on their nose uh, going up and down against the riverbank to keep the water from hitting the riverbank and washing it away more. Well, naturally, being a small little boy and uh, being curious as to what was behind those cars, what was down there, I wanted to see. Now, they had told me, don't get too close to the edge of the bank. Well, I didn't listen, and I began to look over. I wanted to see what was down there, and as I got close to the end of the bank, the dirt shifted and my foot slipped, and I caught myself. 
But I was this close to falling and sliding down underneath those nasty old rusty cars. And so anytime we ever went to that camp in the future, I never even got within 10 feet of the bank. And that was because I was afraid. Now, there is a healthy fear. There are some times where fear is a good thing. It keeps us from getting in trouble. It keeps us from doing what we shouldn't do. We see a couple of examples of fear in a good way in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua in particular. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 11, uh, we encounter a story uh, where God is about to send his people into the promised land. And, and Joshua had sent a couple of spies into the promised land to see uh, what the situation was going to look like, what, what, what they were going to be uh, going into. When those spies went into the town of Jericho, they encountered a lady by the name of Rahab. She was a prostitute in the city, not one that would have been uh, looked upon very highly, kind of a lower class of citizens, at least in the eyes of the people uh, of that day. She saw the spies, and she hid the spies so that they wouldn't be captured by the guard, the patrol that was coming, to look for them. And she hid them so that they would be safe. And the reason she said that she hid them is because of fear. She was terrified. She had heard about the Israelites. She had heard about the power of the God of the Israelites. She had no doubt heard the stories of what happened in Egypt. She knew that God was with this group of people that were his children, that were his nation. And out of fear, she respected the Lord. She didn't want to be destroyed. And in turn, she uh, protected those servants of the Lord who were coming into the land. And if you read a little further in the book of Joshua, you will see that when the Israelites came in to overtake Jericho, that Rahab and her family were spared. And not only were they spared, but if you go back and you look at the family tree of Jesus Christ, right there in the middle of it is that old prostitute from Jericho. There is Rahab right in the family tree of Jesus Christ. And she's there because she feared the Lord. She had wisdom. She heard about the Lord, and that fear drove her to something good. It drove her to the right thing. It showed that her heart was in the right place. And we see another example in the book of Joshua. If you read a little further into Joshua chapter 9, you will read a story about a group of people called the Gibeonites. Now, God had uh, told the Israelites when they went into the land that, uh, that they were to destroy whoever they encountered. They were to destroy whoever they encountered. Some were going to retreat and run away from them. But God said, look, whoever, whoever you come across, destroy them. Now, word about what was going on with the Israelites as they had got into the promised land was spreading, as you can imagine. The other nations, the other people, they had heard about the God of the Israelites and what he was doing. And so the Gibeonites did not want to be destroyed by the Lord. It said that they were terrified that they heard what God had been doing. So they acted deceptively, and they put on old clothes and old shoes, and they got old wineskin and stale bread and saddled it up on their, on their camels or donkeys or whatever they may have had, and off they went to the Israelites. And when they encountered them, they said, Oh, we are from a foreign land. We are worn out from traveling so far. Look at our clothes. They were new when we left. Look at our bread. It was freshly out of the oven when we left. We've been traveling from so, for so long from so far away that everything we had is just worn out. Would you take us in and, and take care of us? Well, the Israelites should have prayed to the Lord, but they didn't. They acted hastily. And the Gibeonites deceived them because the Gibeonites were part of those living in the promised land. 
But because of their fear of the Lord, even though they acted deceptively, the Israelites kept their pact that they had made with them. They had made an agreement that they wouldn't harm them. Now, when the Israelites found out about this, they were not happy about what had taken place. But they kept their word, and those Gibeonites were spared when the other nations were destroyed. Now, we don't want to look at that story or the story of Rahab and say, well, it's okay to be deceptive, as in the case of the Gibeonites, or in the case of Rahab, where she lied and said she hadn't seen the spies. We don't want to use those as justifications for lying or being deceptive. But those, I believe, are good examples for us to see of people who feared the Lord, who were terrified of what may take place, and that led them to do the right thing. And ultimately, they were spared because of that. Now, those are a couple of examples of, of fear uh, leading people to do the right thing. We see some examples of fear, though, where fear kept uh, the people of God from doing what they should have done. For example, a familiar story to some of you is the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you've never read that story, I would encourage you to read it. The Israelites had an enemy called the Philistines. And all of the Philistines, there was a giant by the name of Goliath. He was about nine foot, nine inches tall. And they were battling one another, the Israelites and the Philistines were. But they were kind of at a standstill because the Israelites were afraid of Goliath. And every day, Goliath would come out and he would challenge the people of Israel. He would mock God. He would say, all right, come out and fight me. If you kill me, we'll be your servants. But if I kill your man, then you will be our servants. Now Saul, who should have been a king who was going to stand up and lead the people right, he was just as afraid as of the rest of them, it would appear. They weren't really doing anything. And then one day, little David, the youngest of all of his brothers, who was a shepherd boy, went to take his brothers some lunch. And along the way of taking his brothers some lunch, some provisions that they needed, he heard Goliath come out and mock God. He heard Goliath come out and challenge the Israelites. And David, being a young man at the time, he said, what's going on? Is nobody going to stand up and, and fight for the Lord here? Or is everybody going to just sit back and listen to this giant come out and make a mockery of our God? And nobody would do anything. His brothers even gave him a hard time about him being a shepherd. Why don't you get on away from here? You just come to stick your nose in some business and, and find out what was going on. You just need to get out of here. But David didn't get out of there. David said, if nobody else is going to fight this giant, I'll fight the giant. They went to put a bunch of armor on him, and it was too heavy. It was, it was all this big old stuff. And David said, I'm not doing all this. He went out to the wadi, or to the brook, and he, he got a few rocks out of, the, out of the stream there. And he faced Goliath with nothing but a slingshot and a few rocks. And David defeated the giant. Now, the difference between the rest of the Israelites and David is that is that the rest of the Israelites were full of fear. They weren't willing to, to step out on faith. And if they wouldn't have been willing to step out, chances are that the Philistines could have overtaken them. But David was not like the rest of the Israelites. David was one whose faith was greater than his fear. And as a result of that, even the biggest, tallest, toughest, strongest giant that he faced, he was able to overtake by the help of the Lord. So you see, our fear is a good thing in some cases because it keeps us from doing what is wrong. But sometimes we have to face our fears. 
We have to stand up to our fears. We have to stand up to those things that God uh, puts in our path uh, that, that may look scary to us. Those people that we may encounter, those situations that we may encounter that look very scary to us. We need to heed these very words that Paul gave to Timothy. God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but of power and of love and of sound judgment. Think for a second. Is there a situation in your life where fear may keep you from doing what you think you should do, what you need to do? Is there a situation in your life where for weeks, for months, for years, you've been retreating because you're afraid of what may happen, because it's difficult, because in your mind you've determined it can't end good. There's no way that this can end good. After all, that's what the Israelites thought when Goliath come and challenged them every day. They just, they, nobody was willing to stand up to Goliath because in their minds they had probably decided there's no way this is going to end good. This giant is going to come against us and going to destroy us uh, no matter what we do. Fear has a way of doing that to us. Fear has a way of always causing our minds to think uh, in the worst possible scenarios, in the worst possible way. We begin to look at the situations that are before us and we begin to, to be afraid of what we may encounter, what we may be up against. And our minds have a tendency to go to the worst scenario. Well, this is the worst possible uh, thing that can happen. And when that occurs in our life, then, then fear dictates what we do. Oftentimes we kind of give in to that fear. And that's what the devil would like us to do as Christians. He would like us to look out and he would like us to see all of the people that God may be calling us to reach. And we may look at those people and say, I'm not going to reach out to that person. That could be a dangerous situation. That could be a difficult situation. That could be a dirty situation. I don't need to get involved in that. And we allow that fear to keep us from doing something that God has called us to do. And so if we, if we feel that fear in our life, then we need to give that fear to the Lord. We need to remember the words of Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. If you want to turn there, you can. Isaiah 41, 10. Isaiah 41.10, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Excuse me. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. This is a good prayer for us to remember if we're experiencing a difficult situation in our life. This was a promise that God had given to Isaiah and his people who were going to be faithful and who were going to trust him. And God said, Do not fear, for I am am with you. As I stated earlier, the Bible says that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. That doesn't mean that our fear will magically go away, even if we know that truth of Scripture. It's something that we need to be prayerful about. It's something that we need to uh, be focused on and keep our, our, our mind on the right thing, and that is on the Lord. Oftentimes, when we think about our fear, we think about the worst thing that could happen without ever thinking about 
the best thing that could happen. I was thinking about an experience in my life where I was very afraid, uh, that I was very fearful, and that experience happened uh, when we were in Despahiti. We were in the middle of a jungle, in the middle of the mountains. We were far away from uh, the, the, any kind of cities. And there's no power. There's no nothing there. You are in the middle of nowhere. And uh, we were in a place with foreign people that uh, we didn't speak their language. We didn't know what to think or what to expect. And in the middle of the night one night, it was about probably 1 o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden we began to hear all these chants and all these screamings and all these drums beating. Some of you have heard this story. I know I've told it before, but I'll remind you of it. And we begin to hear these, all these screamings and hollerings and drum beatings coming from the top of the mountain, and all of a sudden they begin to come down to the bottom of the mountain, and they begin to draw closer and closer and closer. And the first thing that I thought of was the scene in Indiana Jones, right before they were going to sacrifice the man and lowering him to the wall. That was the same type of sounds and chants and drum beats that I was hearing. And so naturally, instantly, my mind said, they're fixing to come sacrifice us white men. That's what's about to happen. They are going to come, and they are going to destroy us. We are out here in the middle of nowhere. We have been lured into a trap, and all, and all of a sudden, my mind was just overwhelmed with, with that thought. We are in for a bad situation. Because our minds have a tendency to go to the worst place when we fear. Well, praise the Lord, we were not sacrificed, and we were not burnt at the stake that night. Instead, they were celebrating a local election where the candidate that they were rooting for had won, and it was a celebration in, in the middle of the night. And those people who I was so afraid of that I was scared the worst was going to happen turned out to be pretty good people. And praise the Lord that we win and we were able to love on those people and to minister to those people. Part of being on mission for God is to deal with the fears that may come uh, in our path. Those fears are going to come brothers and sisters in Christ, because we are going to be put in situations that we don't understand, that we don't know what can happen, that we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to face those situations from time to time. And when we do, we need to remember the Lord, the word that, the, that uh, Paul gave to Timothy. The Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and of love and of a sound mind. Do not fear, do not be afraid. The Lord is with us. He will strengthen us. Whatever situation you may be in in your life, take it to the Lord. Whatever you may be fearful of, pray that God will help you to overcome that fear. Pray that God will strengthen your faith so that you would grow in your faith and that you would not give in to your fear. That you would not let the tactic of the devil distract you from doing the Lord's work. That you would trust in the Lord more than you would be afraid of the situation that you may be in. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you now and I thank you for... Uh, these words, I, I pray that you just help us not to live our life in fear, dear Lord. We encounter things all of the time, God, that may uh, cause us to be afraid. But God, I pray that we would just put our faith in you, that we would trust in you all the more. I pray that on those times that our fear uh, begins to get us down, begins to depress us, begins to uh, get us thinking that, that things aren't going to get any better, God, that in those times that we would trust you with all of our heart. I pray that we'd put our faith and trust in you, dear Lord. I pray that you'd be with anyone in this room today that may be living in fear. God, I pray that you'd be with us as brothers and sisters in Christ as we are about your work, God. I pray that you give us the confidence and the boldness and the, and the trust that we need uh, to live for you, dear Lord, so that whatever we may encounter, we'd be ready to love on people that you put in our path, God. 
that we wouldn't turn them away, that we wouldn't judge them, dear Lord, that we wouldn't think less of them because of their reactions or because of their attitudes, dear Lord, but that we would follow the example of Jesus Christ. That even as they nailed Him to a cross, dear Lord, even as they mocked Him, even as they had beaten Him, God, He continued to love on them. And God, I pray that You would help us to follow that example. God, to not give up when we face difficult times, to not give up when we are afraid, but to pray to You, dear Lord, that Your will would be done and to trust You and to keep on keeping on. God, I pray that You would help, help us to not forget that You have not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but You've given us a spirit of power, dear Lord. It's not of our power, it's of your power, dear Lord. And so I pray that we would trust in you for that. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.